I appreciate all the readers. I especially appreciate the uh, children involved in the service. So thank you very much for uh, helping out in the service. And it is a ministry that helps a lot. For a couple minutes, I want to talk about what Christmas is all about. You may know that line from the old Peanuts cartoon going back to the 1960s. Can anyone tell me, Linus with his blanket, can anyone tell me what Christmas is all about? Actually, it's Charlie Brown that says that. Then Linus says, lights please, and reads from Luke chapter 2. And after that, instead of a mic drop, Linus drops his blankie. Next time you watch it, notice that if you haven't yet. Christmas is about Jesus coming into the world. Jesus, God becoming a human being, to live amongst us, to die on the cross for our sins, to rise again. Christmas, God in the manger, God taking on flesh. As we know within the Christmas story, we already said it's Emmanuel, which means God with us. Christmas was not Jesus' beginning. It's God becoming a human being. He's always existed, always eternal. Interestingly enough, Matthew's gospel, we read earlier, begins with Jesus' genealogy through Joseph. Luke's gospel begins with John the baptizer, actually, and then eventually gives a genealogy, and we see his birth in Luke chapter 2 as Katie and Zoe read. John's gospel begins with Jesus's eternity past. In the beginning was the word, and that's referring to Jesus. But if you look at Jesus's birth and life, it's a series of apparent catastrophes. Gerald Tolkien wrote the Lord of the Rings books and the Hobbit books. You might know them from the books. You might know them from the movies. Uh, but he coined the term eucatastrophe. Eucatastrophe. I didn't know what that word meant. It was foreign to me. So it's foreign to you. That's fine. It was foreign to me until a couple years ago when I read that term. Eucatastrophe. That means good catastrophe. Good catastrophe. When it looks like a hero is doomed, but then the plot turns. Within Jesus' birth, life, and death, there were many eucatastrophes. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection included many eucatastrophes, many apparent catastrophes, many, many good catastrophes, problems, hardships, difficulties, to say the least. But they're used for the good. God uses them for the good. We already saw... We heard the readings, Luke 2, 1 through 3. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. So this decree, the detail that God makes happen in order to bring Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. Earlier in Luke's gospel, we find out that Mary is chosen of God to give birth to a son. And he is to be a, the awaited great king of Israel. We find that in Luke chapter 1. But then we get Luke chapter 2, and baby Jesus isn't even born yet, and now this happens. It looks like a catastrophe, doesn't it? It looks like this birth is going to be problematic. She's greatly with child, and the king orders a census. 
This census, though small, is great. This is the very important detail of the Christmas story. This is a very important detail of the Christmas story, as this will cause Joseph and Mary to come to the place where the baby Jesus was to be born. It could seem like a catastrophe for her to have to travel at this time in the pregnancy. This could seem tragic, but it's a good catastrophe. It's a catastrophe. Here Mary is pregnant and they must travel. The traveling would not be easy either. Mary is around 13 or 14 years old. She is pregnant, traveling with her betrothed. But as far as we know, there was not a midwife with her. There were not any family members with her. We see pictures of her riding on a donkey, but we don't even know that she had a donkey. She might have been walking the whole way. This must have brought fear into them. They must have thought, Lord, what are you doing? Remember, it was common knowledge that Joseph was not the baby's father. Here she's traveling. This whole event is scandalous. She's already looked down upon. And now they have to get to Bethlehem. But it was prophesied way back, hundreds of years before Jesus, that the anointed king would be born in Bethlehem. Verses 4 and 5 of Luke 2. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. And he went up there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. So they're traveling. Bethlehem was a very important town. Though most would not believe this to be true. It was a small town in the scripture from Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Even says that it was the least of the clans of Judah. But this town is where the future king of Israel was to come from. Because of this, Mary and Joseph traveled for days. Bethlehem was 2,654 feet above sea level. So they had to journey up to Bethlehem. It was not easy traveling. Though she is pregnant, they traveled. But Mary and Joseph are not choosing to make this journey. This journey was chosen by Caesar Augustus. Though ultimately, God was working behind the scenes to fulfill the prophecy that the Messiah, that means the anointed king, was to be born in Bethlehem. Again, it seems like a catastrophe, but it's a catastrophe. This is a good catastrophe that God is using to bring the anointed king, the king of kings, Lord of lords, the savior of the world, into the world. It's a detail that God worked out. God is a God of the details. Nothing ever catches God by surprise. He had planned from the beginning, from hundreds of years before, this event. So then we see Jesus' birth in verses 6 through 7. And while they were there, the time came for her to be born, for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So now we see Jesus is born. Through all this difficulty, through all of these apparent catastrophes, through all of these catastrophes, good catastrophes, the Savior is born. Through all of these challenges, traveling, being an unwed mother, all of these challenges, God brings about his purpose. Jesus is born. Our Savior is born. Mary's Savior is also born because he is also Mary's Savior. It looks like the hero is doomed because an unwed mother could face serious consequences in that day. It looks like our hero is doomed because of the census. But no, 
Jesus is born. Mary would go through many eucatastrophes, many good catastrophes, being the mother of the Savior. And our Savior Jesus, throughout his life, death, and resurrection, would also go through many eucatastrophes, good catastrophes, to bring salvation to the world. In a nutshell, Christmas is all about Jesus' birth. And it's more than Jesus' birth, though. It's Jesus' life, Jesus' death, Jesus' resurrection. God became a human being so he could die for our sins. God brought events involving kings, common people, and shepherds in order to bring his son into the world. Jesus lived among us for 33 years, and then he died in our place. He died for our sins. Do you believe that? The most exciting thing that you could do this Christmas season is make it also your spiritual birthday. Maybe some of you are here and you're thinking, I don't know Jesus. I've never given my life over to Jesus. Maybe some of you are here and you're thinking, I feel like I used to know Jesus, but I'm not really living for him now. I've, I'm not in a relationship with him anymore. I want to ask you, are you in a relationship with this Jesus? Are you living in a relationship with him? We say in tune in our relationship with Jesus, certainly first by committing our life to him by surrendering to him, by confessing we are a sinner in need of a savior, by believing in Jesus that he died on the cross for our sins and rose again, but also trusting in him and committing to him. And then so we surrender to him, we give our life to him, but then we also stay in tune with him by spending time in, in his word, the Bible, by praying, by spending time with our church family, by organizing our life around him. We're called to make him Lord of our life. In Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, anyone can come after me. Anyone can come after Jesus. But he or she must deny his or herself, take up his or her cross and follow. We're supposed to deny ourselves, take up our cross. He, and Jesus was not talking about, you know, the pretty little crosses we wear, we wear around our neck. No, he's saying, take up your instrument of death. And follow him. We're called to be surrendered to him, to die to self and live for him. Have you done that? Or are you surrendered to Jesus? If you're not, today's the day to do that. Today's the day to surrender to him. If you did it years ago and you're not living for him right now, today's the day to renew your relationship with Jesus. I invite us, and let's close our eyes and bow our heads in a state of prayer. Let me ask you right now. Is the Holy Spirit convicting you right now to commit your life to Jesus or rededicate your life to Jesus? If that describes you, if you feel like that's me, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus or commit my life to Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand right now. All the eyes should be uh, closed and heads bowed. And pray with me. Lord Jesus, I confess I have sinned and missed your perfect standard. I believe in you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. Today, Lord, I'm trusting in you as Lord and Savior. Today, Lord, I'm committing my life to you. Please come into my life and help me to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you said that prayer today, share it with someone. Angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner who repents. Now, I just tried to describe 
um, the Christmas story in a nutshell and the gospel in a nutshell, you might have questions. And I encourage you, never hesitate to ask. I'm, I love answering spiritual questions. And even if you're a non-believer or maybe you believe in a different faith, I would love to sit down and talk with you. Never hesitate to give me a call. Or if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian here and, and you have doubts and you need answers, I would love to talk to you. Never hesitate to, to give me a call. And I would love to sit down and talk.